Welcome back, you guys. It's another version of uh, another episode of Conversations with Gabriel, Dr. Gabriel Cousins. I'm Richard Sachs from Lost Arts Radio. Uh, this is my first appearance to, to some degree back on camera for this show, fighting back from the attempt to take me out, which was almost successful, and we have more to say about that later. But I'm really glad to be with you again, and here's Dr. Cousins to give us uh, the basics on the new show and get us started. Okay, well, Richard, I'm happy to have you back, and uh, even smiling a little bit. It's very good. And let's start with a little prayer, emerging the heavens and earth. Amen. Now, I always like to start with a little bit of dance, because dance brings spiritual joy. And in a world where there is increasing depression because of what's going on, dancing helps us get in touch with the truth of who we are, which is about spiritual joy, not about depression. Depression is what separates us from the truth, and ultimately from God. So that being said, we have a, a we're going to dance and then meditate for a little bit. We have a, a, a name of God, the Moses God, the, from the burning bush. Now people can do whatever mantra you may have. This is a pretty sophisticated audience, and so you may want to be using. You know, mantra you have, it doesn't matter. But this one is Yoda and in breath, hey and out breath, wah and in breath, hey and out breath. And just to help you along a little bit to appreciate it, uh, they have found a, a numerological uh, sequence in the disulfide linkages in the DNA that's 10565, which is. Yod, hey, wah, hey. So this name is woven, literally woven into our DNA. So that may pique your interest a little bit to know that when we're saying it, we're, we're activating our DNA, literally, with these sounds. So that being said, uh, we do yod. Yoda and the in-breath, and the out-breath, and the breath and the out-breath. And we just keep doing it until our mind is quiet. So that's what we do. Um, after we, uh, so we dance, and then we go into meditation, and then we have our little bit of talk, but we also do what we call classically, it's known as Shaktipat or Haniha, which is helping to awake the spiritual energy. Different names for it, Kundalini, from a yoga point of view, uh, Haniha, from a, a biblical point of view, Holy Spirit. They're, they're different names for the same spiritual energy that we help awaken or further activate. So we're going to dance for a few minutes. Okay.
Okay. Okay. And just focus as the energy comes in my eyes. And just focus on you and into meditation.
Okay, slowly come out of meditation. And we're going to go right into what we're talking about. What we're talking about is an effort on my part here to, to really clarify the basics of COVID and with the idea of, okay, how do we prevent it? How do we treat it? But to do that, we have to understand it. We have enough data, I think, to begin to under, understand what it's about. And the first thing is we look around and politically we see kids, and I think they usually say one, it's either one to five, it doesn't actually say in this, one to five or one to 14, um, and I think it's one to five, have a 4,423% more likely to die, those who are vaccinated, than uh, the unvaccinated. Now, that's a pretty big statement. And basically, uh, kids who are vaxxed, vaccinated, um, have uh, are 45 times more likely to die from any cause. 45 times more likely. And um, the vaxxed are 37 times, no, I didn't say that right, 137 times more likely to die from COVID. Now let that sink in. So we are using something that a serious... Uh, the doctors and statisticians are saying, wait, this is a negative, the back has a negative effect. Well, probably most of you know that. But now it's being more emitted publicly in, in, in journals. And they can't, um, how, how do I put it? they can't keep denying it. It's having a negative impact. 4,000 times more deaths than the kids that are vaxxed. And, and they just, in the United States, just passed a, FDA saying kids one through five, all, um, and to get into to public school, roughly speaking, it's not exactly the same. It's FDA approved so that that it allows them to the the vaccine companies to be uh, not sued, but it also means you kind of have to, to to get into school. It's in the immunization list. You have to be have a COVID vaccination. So that's pretty heavy, okay? And when you look at the data, it's like, what are people thinking? Well, obviously they're not talking about thinking about health of the children. I mean, that's, because these are brain-dead figures. Any idiot could look at this and say, well, I don't think this is a good idea. Particularly when the fact is, Children have a very low incidence, you know, less than 1% of, of getting, uh, of dying from COVID. So this is uh, coming from another position and in another time, in another place, it's called child sacrifice. You know, uh, offering the children to bow. So we actually have parents giving their kids vaccination and they're dying. It's like, wake up. 
But maybe people aren't ready to wake up yet. Maybe the energies have to get so difficult that they enough kids die. I mean, I don't know. The data is blatant um, that the parents will finally say, no, I don't think this is a good idea. Even though you've mandated it, you know, uh, there's a place beyond. And the health of my child is more important. And I think more and more parents, thank goodness, are waking up to that. Now, it's not just young children, but this is kind of amazing, but there's a string of young doctors who've died from the COVID vax in Canada. And I drew my attention, besides being a doctor, it's like five doctors died in one week at one particular hospital from the vax. Five doctors. Within the week of getting vaxxed. Okay, and in Canada they did that. Eighty doctors have done it since they first began mandating that the health workers uh, had to be vaxxed. But five in one week, and these these are young people. Okay, we're talking people kind of under thirty, and under the age of forty, the rate of people dying, doctors dying, is fivefold higher. And under the age of thirty. These are people in the really prime of their lives. We're looking at eight times more uh, dying who are who have been vaccinated uh, within two weeks than the people who did not get vaccinated. So it's it's a pretty heavy statement, and people are really pretty freaked out about it. And now some of the doctors are calling that it shouldn't be required. For health workers to get vaxxed. Now, just recently, we're getting more info from the coroners, funeral directors. And there's a report that kind of covers New Zealand and um, England and so forth. 95% of the corpses, dead people, okay? who received uh, the COVID vaccination within two weeks of death, 90%. Let me see if I say it again. 95% of the people who, who uh, are the corpses who have received the COVID vaccination within two weeks of their death. So that's a very high percentage, okay? So 95% of the corpses they saw who died, had, within two weeks, received the COVID vaccine. Now, that's a pretty strong statement, and the coroners have a, a you know, an important view. Now, I'm not going into the fact that a, a lot of these autopsies show that there's these very strange, uh, I wouldn't call them blood clots, but bioactive, bioaware uh, uh biosynthetic clotting mechanisms that actually can communicate uh, to systems outside of the people, aside, aside from killing the people, you know, that, that have foreign uh, uh, toxic metals in them as well and appear at some point to have a little bit of their own life and really are different. But it's only happening in people. They've been vaxxed. So, um, 
and it, it it's happening in a variety of you know heart and the brain and so forth. Now, another study showed that the mRNA vaccines are linked to brain disease, and, and that has to do with the spike protein because there's something in the spike protein. With spike protein itself, it's like prion. If we know about prions, we're, we're talking about mad cow disease. So it's like, wow. Okay, so there's very good evidence. I've been looking at this for a while. Is that Now, there are some little bit of differences between COVID, what we call long COVID, long-acting COVID in the system, and the injection. It appears that they they both can last for a long time. We know that the spike protein can last different studies, but at least a year in the system. And uh, apparently it lasts a little longer, or lasts longer than if you have natural immunity. Um, so that's another thing. Now, they've also kind of taken a look at, well, what are the factors that make you more susceptible to getting this spike protein exposure? Well, how do you get that? Well, the injection is the main thing. Hanging out uh, closely with skin skin contact with people who have been injected because they are uh, leaking the, the spike protein. Um, the... Uh, and the more people are exposed to the spike protein, the worse it is. So if you're a little affected on your first shot, and by the third shot, you're, you're, it's a more serious situation, and there's a lot more spike protein. It begins to overwhelm the, the system. And that's where the long COVID and the vax overlap, because they're all about prolonged exposure to the spike protein. And we will talk a little bit later how we begin to combat the spike protein. Um, uh, the, the spike protein goes all over. It goes to all the different organs. It goes to the brain. It goes to the heart. It goes to the spleen. It goes to the adrenals. It goes to the pancreas. It goes to the beta cells of the pancreas. That's why it's a little bit more associated with diabetes. Uh, it also disrupts the insulin uh, blood sugar levels. That's a different mechanism. And it also creates inflammation. And that's one of the big things is the whole body becomes inflamed. Okay? And part of it does it is it, it links on to the ACE2 and um, this other uh, receptors, and it blocks their ability to treat inflammation. Okay? So you get pro-inflammation from that. Um, so that's another kind of additional kind of issue that we're, we're doing. And now the vaccine is very in their low. That's why some people can get it. Uh, you know, and for some, it, there's there's no, it's a placebo. There are genetic factors, which is something that I didn't actually realize for quite a while. And one of the genetic factors is the um, methyl antera hydrofolic, and, and that's actually I'm aware of that from B12. So it's the conversion of B <coughs> folic acid. Um, 
into uh, the B12 uh, sequences. And that enzyme is needed. And, and people who have that disease where they can't do that are more susceptible uh, to the injection. They're more susceptible because they, they don't have the protection. Uh, they, people talk about vitamin D, but B, folic acid and B12 are actually very important to be, to really go high on those because that helps protect you against it. So, um, so it's the methylhydrotetrahydrofolate that we're talking about. And there's a, another syndrome which I'm not as familiar with, so I'm not going to spend time with the Ehlers-Danos syndrome. But the big thing is uh, almost half the people, 40% of the people in the U.S. do have this mutation where they, they can't uh, go from folic acid into the, the B12 uh, type thing. Um, so folic it's really, I didn't say it right. B12 and folic acid work together. B9 needs to be converted into folic acid. So you have the folic acid and B12 working together. And this enzyme converts vitamin B9 into to active folic acid. And we know that when people are deficient in folic acid, um, they uh, are much more susceptible to the, the virus, uh, which also makes the, the spike protein. So we have the injection, which makes the spike protein, and the virus that makes the spike protein. Um, and they all, when that's blocked, homocysteine, which is a toxin to the nervous system, it gets more activated. Okay, people who have underlying immune deficiency disease, which a lot of people have, because people aren't eating well or living in a you know a healthy way, there's a weakened system. And then we look at obesity, we look at type two diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease. You know they're all and and really Alzheimer's, uh, cognitive you know brain in, they're all driven by inflammation. And so the spike protein, and think about it that way, is about inflammation. COVID is about inflammation, and that's a way of thinking that helps because that's your muscles hurt, your joints hurt, your brain is inflamed. But that's kind of what we're talking about. Um, and the the other thing is 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 that they also activate autoimmune disease. Um, and people who already have some pre-existing autoimmune, the data shows that they're reactive. We also see that the spike protein does something to block the key T uh, cells that uh, protect us against cancer. So we are seeing a bunch of cancers happening very quickly in people with COVID. And that's because the, the T cells are being blocked. So those are some of the things that we're uh, kind of looking at um, in, the, in the big thing. So and, and for vitamins, as they say, your D, vitamin D, folic acid, and, and B12. Um, now, even though we see more uh, data about men dying of heart 
disease from the injection, in general, women have more uh, injury from the injection than men do. Their injuries are like severe menstrual irregularities, infertility, um, the tendency, like if you're pregnant, you, you, you have a, a high 80%, 86% chance of having a spontaneous abortion. So women are injured that way, particularly in the uh, uterine uh, layer areas. Um, uh, women have about 65% of the adverse results, according to the bears. Um, so something like that. And, and from the age of 30 to 50, we're looking at 81% of the people who, who having side effects uh, from the vaccine, 81% or are, are women. So their women are more affected. Now, we, when the headlines are talking about men dying on, on the athletic field or other things, but it's the women that are uh, uh, more affected. So that's 81%. And then with age, it decreases. So by the time you're reaching 65 to 79, it's about 35%. Perfect. But that's a pretty, a pretty important little thing. So... Um, now we're, we're kind of looking at another set here, um, and that's the spike protein's the main player, as far as I can tell, the main pathological player, okay? So, um, before I do that, Richard, do you want to add anything? Um, I think you gave a good good overall picture of the situation and what it brings up is two things to mind first of all one is the people who are doing this are not incapable of understanding what they're doing I mean at least on a superficial level no there's no question they know what they're doing it's intentional you can't be the sophisticated right and so it's a you know, it's hard for people to grasp, but the simple, obvious situation is this is a mass murder program. It just is. When, when they voted to to push this, this you know, in, in bioweapon injection on, on children, knowing 4,000% higher death in the injected, I mean, you can't miss that. Right. And the other thing that comes to mind is that when you say that people have a certain chance of dying from COVID, always remember, we have no test for COVID. So we're going by symptoms. And what it really is, is in question, because the, the PCR test is the same as, as was used in the scam of AIDS to prove that somebody had AIDS or HIV. And that was a PCR test. And the PCR is not a test for any disease. So it's, it's such a gigantic scam. And before these outbreaks, they have basically announced what they're going to do. They had Event 201 and uh, SPARS 2025, 2028, and all these events. 
and then they release the virus, well, whatever the virus is. And I, I'm at the point, really, that I've only developed since about 2020, that, I, you know, honestly, I can't see any evidence that a virus exists or is transmissible. So when we talk about people, chances of dying from COVID compared to other groups, bear in mind Dying from COVID is is a big question. What we mean is dying from symptoms that have been arbitrarily assigned to COVID. What it really is, according to Dr. Artis and a lot of others that are speculating and trying to figure it out, is possibly some kind of toxin, either physical or frequency or both. But there, that's one issue, is the lack of proof of what COVID is. And the other issue is how are people so brainwashed and so hypnotized that they don't see this and they actually take their kids or their own bodies in to be voluntarily injected with this stuff? Yes, it's been added to the childhood vaccine schedule in the U.S. now on a 15 to nothing unanimous vote in the FDA. But whether there's a law forcing you to go along with that schedule, even if your state suggests it, is a question. There are exemption exemptions in place, and the states are trying to block it. How How is everybody who works for the state and the public health people and the government officials, how are they so unaware of the situation? Or if well, are you giving them the benefit of the doubt? We know in Europe and other places they've outlawed giving the injection to children. The data is blatant. Okay. So I don't say how they're unaware. Why right. are you choosing to do this? So if it's blatant, how is it that so many people are willing to commit murder to keep their jobs? I think that's an important question. Ask them a more serious question. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's like the rest of Europe is saying we're outlawing this. We don't allow this injection. And that's an over a rough overstatement, but a lot of European nations are not okaying this right. injection to kids. So they're making a choice in the U.S. to mandate it, roughly speaking. That's a policy decision that's unbelievable. Right, and even in Europe where they've outlawed it for kids, they're allowing it for adults. What's that about? You yeah, know, well, it's about the same thing, but at least they have some compassion for kids. Those are kids that got bigger and older. Yeah. How come yeah. they're not important? Well, they are, and I think there's a pushback. Yeah, yeah. So, but what I want to say is, is that the reason I'm talking more about spike protein is we don't know just what you said. Is it a virus? Is it this? Is it 5G activating something in the system at a certain amount of uh, megahertz? There's all kinds of speculation what this is, but we do know there are clots. We do know there are spike proteins, and something is causing that. Right. Right. And it seems to be associated with the vaccination. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. oh, and another point about the hypnosis, uh, Dr. Cousins, and I'm sorry to interrupt so much, but... That's um, fine. It's good to hear you, Dr. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Um, a lot of these doctors that are very brave, high-profile doctors speaking out, 
about the COVID vaccine are assuming that they have this point, they say, well, this isn't even a real vaccine. The real vaccines that all the ones before, they were great. And they eliminated polio and smallpox and all this stuff. And we know they're good, but this one is not even a vaccine. That's a complete misunderstanding. And these guys are supposed to be really aware. So what's going on with that? Oh, well, that's, I have in my book, Conscious Parenting, I have 80 pages, 81 pages discussing how the vaccines didn't actually stop the polio. And we, we have a lot of data saying that the vaccines didn't work and made things worse. Uh, and also are associated with creating cancer uh, later on in life, those people who, who were vaccinated. So we have, there's a lot of data saying this isn't so good. This is blatant, that's why. And this is a good one to get on the bandwagon with. And, and, and I'm pleased so, so many doctors are at least acknowledging at least this one is bad. Uh, yeah, that takes you into a vaccine discussion, which I don't exactly want to go there, except to say, yeah, why are these just... But where this is going to lead to is more doctors are going to start getting a little bit suspicious about the rest of the vaccine. Where did, where did they get conscious parenting? Because that's important. Well, that's good. Here's the book. Thank you. Conscious parenting. Doggedpresses.com or Amazon. They can go to Amazon.com. They can also uh, go to DrCousins.com. Things have changed with my publisher, uh, and so it's not as available uh, but Amazon.com is a good place to get it. Okay. Okay. Good. Thank you for, for asking that. And if people want to get information about what we're doing, you can go to drcousins.com or treeoflife.mn.co. See all the programs because we're doing a lot of uh, teaching each week, but also we have uh, spiritual fast, and we also have kind of zero point, which is uh, kind of yoga of the mind, and a, a variety of other educational programs. A lot of information up there uh, from the very beginning of the COVID, but a lot of topics. COVID just one. So I just want to finish off very quickly about the spike protein. Whatever is causing it. I want to say we do need to be aware that 5G seems to, to activate it. That's all I can say at this point. 5G at a certain frequency specifically tends to activate it. I think it's uh, 88 or something like that versus 60. So basically, spike proteins cause inflammation, as I mentioned, they turn off interferon, which is part of the immune system. They reduce autophagy, which is the body has a normal ability to get rid of dead and dying cells. That's how it protects itself, and it's certainly how it protects itself against cancer. So the spike protein, and I've mentioned it previously, blocks the body's ability to get rid of the, the, the COVID-infected cells and the DNA-disrupted cells. Uh, and I, I think I mentioned before about the use of alumidine, which is a special form of scalar wave-activated iodine 
that can reverse the process besides binding with the spike protein, neutralizing it. It can reverse the DNA disruption if it's caught within a year. That's the, the best we can speculate that. And basically we're talking about a dysregulation of the immune system. That's the key. So we look at spike protein is toxic and inflammatory. We don't know exactly what it's about, which is what Richard brought up. Um, and it's found in both the infection, there's some sort of infection, um, and, and also with the injection. Um, and that's the kind of the, the thing we have to be aware of, that, 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 and that's growing. So how does the pathology work? If you think immune dysregulation and inflammation, that's a good starting point because it triggers chronic inflammation. So that's this chronic long COVID. I think we're going to see it going longer and longer. The body isn't able to cope with the overload of the spike proteins. And they go into the immune cells, and that switches off the normal immune response, and we kind of activate the, uh, you know, the inflammation response. Um, and that's one of the things. It also inhibits the body's ability to get rid of the dead and dying cells, which is very, very important. It switches off the normal procedure that we'll call autophagy. And as the, the aluminine activates the process of autophagy, Besides neutralizing the spike protein uh, uh, in a variety of ways, uh, the spike protein also disrupts the immune system, as we mentioned. And again, the aluminine is one of the few things I know that kind of can reactivate it and reverse the damage to the spike protein. So we do have some ways to deal with this. Um, so that's kind of a, a key. We also get chronic fatigue from the spike protein because it attacks the mitochondria, which are the energy factories in our cells. And that's why we see this brain fog and, and chronic fatigue, exercise, weak, unable to exercise, muscle weakness. That's the mitochondria being attacked by the spike protein. And again, the aluminum has been seen to help with that. Obviously, we've talked about the cardiovascular system, you know, the heart, the immune system. Uh, these are all, uh, you know, the ovaries. These are all attacked by spike protein, and we can neutralize that. Um, so how do we treat all this, which is the key? So we basically want to neutralize the spike protein. The luminine is one of the main things that does it. Um Another thing that's been brought out is fasting. Seems that to stimulate the body's ability to reactivate uh, autophagy and to clear out the spike protein. So fasting is really a good thing. Also time in the sun. So these are kind of simple things, but the, 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 they have a certain potency to that. And then we have ivermectin which is very, very effective. Uh, the, the dose that many uh, doctors groups are recommending are, you know, 12 milligrams to 15 milligrams if you actually get sick daily for a week or two, but preventatively, which is important, is once or twice a week. And, and then um, we're also looking at, well, 
the spike, the ivermectin neutralizes the spike protein. That's a big deal. It also blocks the sites the spike protein links onto to block things. And, and those are the receptor sites, the ACE2 and the CD147. I said 137 before, but 147. Okay? Um, and generally, 80, 85% of people who, who have the post-vaccine syndrome will respond to the ivermectin. Not everybody. Uh, and if they don't respond within four to six weeks, it's probably not working. So there's a small percentage that don't respond. Um, there's kind of more with that. Um, the hydroxychloroquine is very good. The research suggests uh, in the high 70s to mid-80s in terms of its effectiveness. Now, there are some supplements that are good. We mentioned vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, but resveratrol is something we don't haven't been talking about very much, and that's a super antioxidant um, and is also anti-inflammatory. It's also anti-aging, okay? We can find that in fruit and pistachios and peanuts and grapes and uh, red and white wine. I thought it was just red, white, blueberries, cranberries, okay, cacao. So that's one of the main players that really, really shows up uh, in terms of helping alleviate and prevent some of the, the damage from the spike protein from wherever it's going. Um, I don't recommend aspirin, but people are finding aspirin can be helpful we, we have um, nanokinase, which is a natural enzyme that can prevent and helps prevent clotting, which is good, and inflammation. Melatonin is a big player here, okay? It promotes mitochondrial health. Now, I don't talk dosages too much, but in some of the things we've talked about from 3 milligrams, which helps people sleep at night, to up to 10 milligrams, seems to be pretty, uh, very, very safe. Um, it's an antioxidant, uh, and it prevents the leakage of electrons from the mitochondria, and it also helps regenerate the system in general, and also activates the ability to get rid of the dead and dying cells. So I like melatonin as a, as a pretty effective one for really uh, protection. So um, you've heard me use the term, just the last thing, between um, what we call uh, long COVID and post-vaccine syndrome. They're very, very similar. What's different is the post-vaccine syndrome has more brain symptoms. And we want to put more emphasis on protecting the brain with it. Uh, it's just more brain-targeted uh, than the others. Um, the long COVID tends to get better a little bit sooner with time. So we do have ways to protect ourselves. Leading a really healthy life is a very big play in terms of boosting the immune system and making everything work right. Um, and these are things we've talked about. I'm not going to go into the details of that. But we have ways of coping. We can ameliorate it best, avoid it. And even better, put pressure on the uh, 
people who are currently in power to stop doing this. It's like we're, you know, society's like a, 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 we're like fish in a barrel and people are shooting into. It's, it's like, this is blatantly wrong. The evidence is totally is, is against what they're doing. It's up to us to start putting pressure on them. So this is it. Particularly with the kid thing, you know, the, the children. It's really against any kind of a normal human uh, kind of compassion and, and uh, connection to humanity to to uh, do what they're injecting the kids when we know we have a 4,000% increase in death. So it's up to us. The data is there. That's not the question anymore. It's are we willing to push back and say we've got to protect our kids and and as Richard said, we have to protect the adults as well. So this is the, the real challenge is can we stand up to us? We have to be able to stand up to it. And whatever else they're going to throw at us, they're, they're extremely aware of what's going on. I'm just amazed, as Richard also points out, that people are willing to go along with this. Right, not not just the general public, but the people who are actively serving the system, you know, in right. public health, in the in the medical system, in the government agencies, in the corporations, and this is worldwide. I mean, um, even though there's a lot of positive things being done in the Russian government compared to the U.S. government, what I heard is that in the military in Russia. If you refuse the vaccine, you get 10 years in prison. So Wait, really, say it again. If you refuse the vaccine in Russia? Yeah, that's what I just found out. Wow. So it's worldwide. And I think, you know, the, this health issue, when you categorize something as for health and coming from health experts, it has some kind of a license in people's minds to not have to be logical. And people get devoted to it, even if it makes no sense. Well, here's the other side of that. As a doctor, I've spent years and years seeing the illogical part of things and the unscientific part of things. Right. And what's happening is people are waking up to the fact that the medical profession, except for a few individuals, is has never been uh, really scientific. And it's all been about belief systems, like the vaccine issue in general. So we have also explain what scientific means. Well, scientific means that that we call it trial and error. It's pretty straightforward. You uh, you give something someone, and there is an effect, and you make note of the effect, and then you act on it. Now, the research that's coming out of some of these you know, these uh, places, they get negative effects, but they miss the second part, which is then to act on the results appropriately to the situation. And so the scientific breaks down in the step two. They do the research, they know it's bad for you, and they still choose to give it. And it goes against logic, but it, it, it actually... 
part of the scientific process in a, in a way is, is that you have to act on the, on the facts of the situation. Right. Yeah, that's like the 15 to nothing vote in the FDA to put it on the childhood schedule. Right. When all the data says something else. Right. So I just want to bless everybody uh, that we we feel from all the data, the overwhelming data, that we begin to to act on what we have heard, seen, what's in the literature, what, and more and more doctors are talking about that we we stop cooperating with the people who are mindlessly following it at the lower levels, but people who are, uh, in a sense, uh, choosing to go along with this attack on humanity. So uh, we, have, we, got, we have to make our choices. We have to start taking a stand. And more, uh, I say more and more doctors are really concerned and are starting to take a stand. So I think it's really wonderful that that's happening. And I'm glad that Richard is here and he's back. So uh, um, anyway, I bless everyone that we we're able to do this. I thank Richard and, and Doug behind the scenes for helping us get this information out. Richard, anything more you want to say? Yeah, I think just to wrap up, Dr. Cousins said really important points. And I noticed uh, the same thing in school in the university in the health sciences department where I was working uh, to finish the dissertation, most of the people in the program, they're told something, the CDC says something or some other health authority says something or this comes from a recognized journal and they don't question it. And they forgot that, as you said, what is science? You have to question everything. You don't have a religious adherence to an authority just because they're an authority. And they're doing the opposite now in all these agencies. And it, you can see it in school, what I was just saying. It's not just in the government. They're going along with this teaching without even questioning it. And it always comes back to a consciousness question. Yeah, and they've lost their authority is what's happening. They have lost their authority. You can't you can't have blind trust to authority and be conscious. Right. So that's going to be what we need to change. Root cause. It's good. I mean, people are intimidated, and it's time to break through the intimidation because your life and your children's life, and humanity's life depends on it. It is time to stand up. Right. So maybe people be blessed that we're inspired to stand up in whatever way we can do to have a greater effect on not only awakening but healing humanity. We gotta go in the healing phase at some point, not just awakening. Right. So blessings to everyone. Thank Peace be with you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna say a couple of things at the end. This is all about consciousness, because by consciousness I don't mean 
being aware of all the bad things happening in the world. That's that's important strategic awareness. But real consciousness is self-awareness, not, oh, I'm this old, I'm this gender, I'm this tall, I'm this fat or skinny, and, you know, that's not yourself. Those are, you know, get into the quantum physics level of understanding and beyond on a spiritual level. Those are vehicles that you're using to experience life in the so-called physical world. But that's not you. And most of us have been going through life with no awareness of who we are. Not on a belief level, because that doesn't do it. On an experience level. That you're formless spirit living in this physical costume temporarily. Using it like an avatar to play your life out. How do you use your time? How do you value your time? What are your priorities? And self-awareness leads to a change in what you do because the more awareness that you have, the more consciousness that you have, you can't follow suicidal orders. It's impossible. I mean, a lot of people in positions that have really well-paid salaries and doctors and hospital workers and government workers and people working for the UN and other criminal agencies, and um, they don't want to lose their job because they want to feed their families, and that's totally understandable and reasonable. But something happens when consciousness increases to a certain point, which we need to do, and that is you can't comply with suicide, you can't comply with murder. Once you become aware and you say, wow, I was part of the criminal cabal before and, you know, involuntarily or without meaning to, I was serving it. Once you become aware, you just, you can't do it anymore. And that applies whether you're part of the general public, like all of us ordinary people, or part of the public health system, or part of the government, or a high government or corporate official. Even if you're really prominent and everybody knows you as a fake authority figure, once you become conscious, you you can't do it anymore. It's impossible. It's not a thing that you have to figure out. It's just you can't. Um, so at the bottom line, you know, although we, we need this growing strategic awareness and all the things that uh, Dr. Cousins was talking about are really critical, um, the underlying factor that's going to determine whether we change is whether we become conscious and break the hypnosis. And that's what we're attempting to do in Planetary Healing Club and uh, in all the other activities that we're involved in. Um, Dr. Cousins was talking about the lack of consciousness in most doctors. The reason that his work is so valuable is that he's an example that even if you're highly trained, if you've been through the brainwashing system, that they call higher education for decades. You don't have to be totally brainwashed and hypnotized by it. You can break out or you can resist it. And you can act in favor of life and health and universal healing and love, consciousness. Um, all the programs that he's got are, uh, are really critical, and you can find out about those at drcousins.com and uh, treeoflife.mn.co, which have been on the screen. Um, 
really important when you find a doctor like Dr. Cousins who's outside the paradigm of brainwashing. It's important to support and, and take part in what they're offering. And people have asked me, aren't you a doctor too? And yeah, but I'm just a PhD doctor. I've, I've done um, a lot of decades of investigation of health and sickness and I'd actually solved all the health issues decades and decades ago in, in my own life. And then suddenly in 2020, I was almost taken out. And I'm trying to fully get out of that now. But And I was also an investigator of the power structure, the global power structure, um, and where it's going and what its purpose is. And it's not doing what it's doing by mistake. Well, not conscious mistake. It's doing it as part of a ceremonial sacrifice of the whole biosphere, and, and we're the sacrificial animal in this case. Not a good plan. So the main priority of all of us, if we become aware of this, is how do you turn it around? And we're about to start a new focus on really doing that in a more intensive way. Uh, check that out at planetaryhealingclub.com, and I'll also be talking about it a little more on Voice in the Wilderness videos. But the only thing about these uh, these rulers who are part of the conscious, at the top level, ceremonial sacrifice of the biosphere, many of them ha are very high IQ individuals. That doesn't make them smart, or certainly not wise. You know, there's another aspect of wisdom, which is, you know, you can be really fast at calculations, talk high speed, um, be able to think at, you know, very complex levels and not realize the obvious. And the obvious is, well, it should be obvious. We've lost this innate knowing that all of us are so networked together. We all came from the same source. There was nothing before spirit, before what people call God, and it's real. It's not a belief. It, it existed fully before any belief system, before any religion, before any creation. It's where we came from and where everything has to go back to. If you understand that there's one ultimate being inside everybody playing all the parts, then you realize that what you do to or even think toward any of the other characters in this play, we do to ourselves. And the, the rulers are not currently smart enough to realize that, or they could never do what they're doing. So how do we help not destroy them, but wake them up, which is a much higher level of insight? You know, we've been, and i got to cut this short because I'm out of time, but in our last PHC meeting, Planetary Healing Club, we talked about two paradigms, fake justice versus unconditional love. And I'll give you a a guess of which one of those is more valid and which which goes to a place you want to end up in. And it's not the fake justice. We've been caught in that for tens of thousands or much longer years on this planet. One side kills the other side and the other side gets stronger and kills the first side. And it's a feud like the Hatfields and McCoys in the old stories that goes on forever. And how do you break out of that? It's involved with what's called the wheel of karma or sowing reaping what you sow, there is a way to break out. And that's critical to find out. We don't have a lot of time left in this chapter of the story, so we need to do it now. So, 
stay in touch. We'll be talking a lot more directly about that. And Planetary Healing Club is going to be going to a different level. So stay in touch. Give us your feedback. Let us know if these topics uh, resonate with you, if they're relating to your own life, how you're doing with your own work. Because if you want to heal the world, as Dr. Cousins said, I don't think there's any way to do it without healing yourself. And I don't mean you have to be in perfect physical health because we're in a pretty difficult environment right now. But healing yourself as far as your own consciousness goes, which paradigm you're in, getting back to unconditional love in action, which is not weak. It's the strongest change agent and defense that I've ever encountered. We need to merge back into that, and there are ways to do it. So anyway, I'll shut up now and uh, not keep going on. But stay in touch with us. Let us know your impressions and what's important to you, what you want to see us deal with in these conversations, because it's a rare opportunity to get Dr. Cousins' wisdom on a lot of different connected areas, all of which tie back to consciousness, and all of which are the most relevant things to each of us as an individual that you can get. So stay in touch. Let us know what you think. Have a great week. Value your time. Watch how you think and feel, what you're carrying around, because it's what you're manifesting in your life. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.